Well, this is this is Jacob Tapia, and we're here with um, our ministry mentorship website, and we have with us today Micah Wisdom from Wagner, Oklahoma, and Angela Harwood from Paw Paw, Michigan. Is that right? Yes, it is. So we're gonna we're gonna just turn this over to Micah and uh, ask him to have his perfect way in liberty and whatever he desires to do. Absolutely. Um, I'm honored to be here, excited about this new uh, Bible study that we have going on. And so I would just like to uh, start this study out in prayer. So let's just ask the Lord to help us. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity for these that have gathered together. We pray that you uh, anoint our time together, and we pray that you be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the call to ministry. And I want to first say that just like you are an individual person, your call to ministry will be individual and unique to you. Um, God doesn't use a cookie-cutter approach on call to ministry. So you may hear someone say, uh, I felt a call to a home missions church. I felt a call to be a missionary. I felt a call to evangelize. And they were called in different ways. And so because your call doesn't look exactly like their call, that's okay because God uses individual and unique ways. And one thing we all have in common, though, whether um, it's a young person or a young adult, is we all struggle to hear this call to ministry. And even when we're certain that God's called us into ministry, one thing that we struggle with then is trying to find ways to fulfill that ministry and God leading us and guiding us. And as a young adult or someone trying to find that call to ministry, ministry we, I mean, we're praying, we're fasting, we're doing everything we know to, to, to listen to God because we don't want to mistake our passion and desire to do something for God for his calling. And so sometimes we're a little hesitant to move forward. And, you know, there's probably a lot of us that have, during this time of trying to find our calling, we've opened our Bibles and we've closed our eyes and we've just dropped our finger down to some random verse on the Bible and thought that maybe that would clear everything up and help us. But the reality is the Bible is not some spiritual fortune cookie that's going to give you all the answers uh, now, God probably can speak to you that way, but really the Bible is designed for us to read uh, with diligence and carefulness and apply all of it to our lives, not just some random uh, line at a time. And I'll be honest, I wish that the Lord would speak to us through a burning bush and, and tell us exactly what to do. Uh, I, I think the Lord would just wake me up in the middle of the night uh, with this booming voice from heaven and, and give me an exact detailed plan for my life. And I mean, that's kind of what we all want. We want to know his individual specific plan uh, for our lives. And we pray an honest prayer of, you know, God, as soon as you lay this plan out for me, I'll obey you. I don't care what it is, where you want me to go, what you want me to do. I I'll follow it. I'll obey you. And what we have found, I think, is we sit back and wait. And God doesn't always show up and give us a detailed plan. And God doesn't always show up and give us these exact directions. So then we struggle with what really is the call to ministry. And we have to make sure that our 
um, our lack of moving forward, our hesitancy is not just rooted in fear because we're afraid to make mistakes or we're afraid that it's us and not God that's calling us. It's just a desire or a, a hope to do something for God. And we get the mentality that if I make a mistake, God's going to love me less. Or if I mess up, God's going to be less interested in my life. Um, being called to ministry or being in ministry really um, forces you to kind of lose your attachment to safety and security and to take risks. I don't care who you read about in the Bible. Anytime anyone did anything for God or were called to do something great for God, there was an element of, of risk. There was an element of faith. And if the plan is laid out for you from start to finish, A to Z, there's really no risk or faith involved. Every step of the way, God is leading you and guiding you into a, a place of faith. And so you have to lose that security a little bit. You lose that safety a little bit take a risk. Um, when, when God's calling you to ministry, you will probably, now it happens different for everybody, but you will probably not hear, hear um, some angel, angelic choir singing from heaven. There probably won't be some big flash of lightning, you know, illuminating exactly what you're supposed to do. Probably not going to get the booming voice from heaven telling you exact directions. You know, when we look at the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah he didn't get direction, and he didn't hear God's voice in the mighty windstorm or the powerful earthquake or the great fire. It was the still, small voice. And in fact, one translation says it was a gentle whisper. And, and I personally don't like that. Like, I want the Lord to speak with this megaphone in my ear so that it's undeniable and unmistakable, and I don't make a mistake, and I don't go left when he's wanting me to go right or go right when he's wanting me to go left. Psalms 119 and 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I don't like that scripture either because when you think about a lamp, you can see maybe a few feet in front of you, maybe one step, maybe two steps in front of you. But I want God's plan to like be an airport runway that's just lit up in the big flashing arrows that are, I, I can't make a mistake. It's so obvious that I can't make a mistake. But the reality is most of us have found out that's not true. You know, and Micah, that, that's been my experience as well. There's been times when uh, I, I did feel the definite you know, call of God, but there are many times when I just felt the impression or like a strong leading to do something. You know, I, I was thinking about that scripture uh, in John 4 where Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. He had a strong impression uh, to go there and to do something. Now, you'd say, well, was he called to Samaria? Was that a specific, you know, was he going to spend the rest of his life there? No, I don't, I don't think so. That wasn't the plan and the purpose. But he did feel that impression. And sometimes what I found, there's things that we do in ministry that we don't always, we're not necessarily called to, to do it for the rest of our lives. But there's an impression and there's a leading. And what I find is that when I surrender to that, when I, when I follow uh, the promptings that God gives me, that there's something else that always opens up. God continues to reveal uh, himself and his will in my life. Absolutely. And you know, I think we can't underestimate the, the scriptures that tell us to 
uh, walk by faith and not by sight. And, and that, that works in just everyday living for God and it certainly walks, works in the, the walk of, of learning a calling and the walk of learning a, a ministry that God has for us to walk by faith and not simply by what we see. Because many times uh, what we see causes us not to act at all, causes us to pull back. Uh, something that my pastor always teaches is when you don't know what to do or when you don't know what your next step is, just do what you know is right. So pay your tithes, be a servant. If you feel like God is calling you to be a pastor but you don't see that in your near future, do things that you think a pastor would do. Get up early and pray, study, prepare messages. So you might not see uh, what you feel that impression is at the moment, but give it time and prepare yourself for that moment when God opens that door for you and you'll be ready. You know, and, and that, that reminds me of uh, a scripture I was thinking about today where it says, I think it's in Matthew chapter 4 or Luke chap chapter 4, it says where, that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And even though you know he had this this great calling, this you know pinnacle where he's going to save the whole world, <laughs> he still had those that in between time, so to speak, where he was growing and developing and learning uh, and and becoming uh, everything that God wanted him to be, and having that anointing experience when he was 33. And so you know I think. Like Angela's saying, I think there's a very important part that sometimes we miss that if God isn't necessarily speaking audibly or, or giving those impressions that, that we still need to prepare and understand that if God has, has called us to do ministry or called us to live for Him, that we prepare ourselves and that, and that direction will come. Absolutely. And I think one we can kind of get the... Um... The Joseph syndrome, where we see the end result, maybe it's an evangelist or a pastor or you know whatever the end result of your calling is, and we see that as the finish line, just like Joseph saw in his dreams, the end result. But what he didn't see was the path to get there at every step along the way. And we can get discouraged, well, I felt God calling me to be a pastor, an evangelist, or a missionary. Well, that's the end result. What you're not seeing is every step along the way that God's going to use and help you to grow and to teach you certain things. And so we have to realize that you're not just going to wake up one day and be a pastor or be an evangelist or be uh, a missionary, that God is going to use processes and people in your life to help you grow. Something that I learned was um, just looking back is it's like an experience, like a connect the dot picture when you're a little kid. You connect the dots and and if you just took a snapshot of your life, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you connect the dots, God is preparing you for something greater. Because before I was even called to, to ministry, I just felt like a burning desire in my heart to do something for God. So I did everything I possibly could do to please God. So uh, just as Brother Micah said, the Joseph Syndrome, that's really, really good because some people, they have a clear idea of what they need to do for God and then others, like myself, just 
wanted to do anything just to please him. So, um, so I just encourage whoever's listening just to to do what you know is right and to be faithful in everything that God tells you to be faithful, and He'll open those doors for you. And you might not understand the trial or or the thing that you're involved in right now or the thing that your pastor is asking you to do. But God's going to connect that dot and you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, I didn't realize that that was preparation time for me. I didn't realize that that was a, a really great learning moment in my life and that that would mold me and shape me, that that was one of my foundations into my ministry now. You know, Angela, you talking about you know about these times really just makes me think about when I was a young man I guess I'm still a young man but you know when I was <laughs> I guess about 15 uh, 13 to 15 years old and I really felt God I, I called it like like someone was holding on to my shirt and just pulling me to the <laughs> altar pulling me and it was this strong impression I guess that that God wanted to use my life in a special way right. and it, it really started out uh, you know as a teenager you know I didn't I didn't know how to do anything I couldn't preach I, you know I wasn't this great anything I mean it was, it was nothing but I remember that that when I would surrender to that that I felt I guess an anointing of prayer right. and and something Brother Kilgore mentioned that he said the first anointing that you feel is the anointing of prayer and mm -hmm. it, it really made sense for me as a teenager when I would when I'd be in church the service and I would just feel the presence of God and I would begin to pray and just seek after the Lord and cry out to him and it I really feel like it was in those those moments that God really began to reveal himself to my life and and begin to take me deeper in that calling and I, I, we shouldn't be afraid to to connect those those small times. I guess if we, you know, we think, well, I'm not preaching general conference, I must not be doing anything. But no, when you're surrendering to God in that prayer time, right. seeking after Him, letting His Spirit move through you, I mean, that's an important part of developing in our ministry. The Bible, you know, we look at Moses as a great leader. Certainly he is. I mean, he's one of the great leaders of the Bible. But go back and read about Moses. It was his and just his willingness to just do those small things. And what you were talking about, connecting the dots, taking small steps, they may seem small and insignificant, but you'll never get to the finish line without making those small right. steps. And so many, so many times we can look at the end result and we can look at and we can try to rush God and hurry it up. But without those small building block foundations, um, I wish I would have started earlier as far as my study habits. And because when I became a pastor and my preaching became more often, I had to really kind of catch up. Where if someone would start earlier in preparing study and even preparing messages that maybe you're not even preaching on a normal mm -hmm. basis, but you can write sermons. You can have a whole right. stack of sermons that you can preach in your car just driving down the road or preaching the mirror. <laughs> um, and have that as a resource. What a tremendous resource. Right. Five years in a row to go back to 
and now God has allowed you to have time maybe where you're not speaking behind the pulpit, but he's giving you time to build resources and build programs. And I'll, if I just, I'm going to share a little bit of my story a little bit. Um, I was 28 years old when the uh, church board here in Wattsworth, the pastor came to me and they asked if I would uh, be interested in pastoring church. And I really had no idea. I mean, I, I would, I fasted, um, thought God, I did the whole, you know, open the Bible up. And, you know, that didn't work. Uh, and I just honestly didn't know which way to go. And I sought advice from elders. And one of the elders that I talked to was uh, a man that actually had pastored in Wagner. He was my wife's pastor. So I met him for breakfast, and I was talking about how do you uh, how do you know what you're called to do? How do you hear the voice of God? And he started talking about when he first came out, there were like two people uh, at the church. There was an older lady and a teenage girl. And he moved his family from a, a very nice house in a different town, moved them down, paid all the bills, kept the doors open. I mean, tremendous sacrifice. And so I asked him, like, well, how did you know that's what God wanted you to do? And he said, well, some people talk about driving into a town and they see a sign or they get goosebumps or the Lord speaks to them. And he said, I didn't get any of that. And I thought, well, how could you take your family to this little church and support the church and spend all this money and all this sacrifice and not have, like, a, a, a calling that you knew for sure? And I'll never forget what he told me. He said, um, he said, there was a church without a pastor, and I'm a preacher, and the Bible says to preach the gospel to every creature, and I just felt like I needed to do something. And that really has stuck with me and throughout my ministry, that even when I wasn't real sure on what God wanted me to do, to just do something, to just mm -hmm. never neutral, never be standing still, just being doing something, whether that's going to a nursing home, teaching a Bible study, just do something. And God may not speak audibly to you, but you know what? You can still do something and God may not align the stars, you know, with plan. That's all right. Still do something. And as you do something, God's going to lead you further and further along into your ministry. You know, Micah, while you're talking about the uh, doing those, kind of doing what you can do, it reminds Brother Gleason in, uh, in one of my podcasts that I did on my website, he mentioned that this statement, he said, God doesn't choose from the unemployment line. And it, it was really a, a neat statement that, that God, uh, God will choose people that are already connected, that are already doing things and involving themselves in, in ministry somehow. And, you know, we think of ministry sometimes synonymous with the word preaching. And what I found is that ministry isn't always preaching. In fact, that's probably just a small percentage of what uh, pastors do is preaching. Uh, the rest of it is administrative, serving, and, and actually, that's what ministry means, is to serve. So I think the broader picture of ministry is not just one aspect 
but it's opening up yourself to be involved in many different areas and giving yourself, uh, you know, I was reading today in Matthew 15 where it talks about uh, Jesus seeing a great multitude. Well, I mean, I don't think there was an audible voice that God said, you know, go and heal this multitude, but there was a need. There was something that needed to be done, and Jesus began to move and to minister and and do what, as Lee Stunking would say, do his thing. But anyway, so just just a thought on that. I, I've I've often this quote. I'm not even sure where I heard it, but it's you know God's not too far from common sense, and uh, I think that's that's really true. That sometimes we can. And this may sound bad, but sometimes we can oversteer in our church. God doesn't have to wake us up in the middle of the night and slap us around and, and tell us audibly to go to that need. That we can just start in working in that um, in that area, and um, and so I think that's where we we have to be sensitive to God through His Spirit, through His Word. Of course, talk to your pastor, talk to people, and they can help you and lead you and guide you. But to just sit around and like wait for your one big shining moment in the spotlight before you get involved in ministry is, is, is kind of a trap that some people fall into. Uh, I've kind of stated it already earlier, but if you feel a call to ministry, it's important to involve yourself in everything that you possibly can. And it's important to talk to your pastor. But when you go into your pastor's office to talk to him about this burning passion that you have for ministry, he should be able to look at you and say, yes, finally, I've been waiting to talk to you. Because he's seen you work in so many different areas. He's seen you stay late and help clean up. He's seen you come early and help set up. For, for church services or fellowships or whatever. He's seen you in Sunday school or on the praise team. He's seen you on the choir. So it's important to not just like, surprise, I want to be used. It should be something already that your pastor is seeing in you where he will be able to validate that call on your life because you've already just put yourself out there and, and tried to serve as best as you can in your church. And that's a great point. Sometimes I know as being a young adult sitting in the church, you may feel like those small things go unnoticed. But I can, I can tell you as a pastor, those things, the pastor notices. Whether you're showing up early for prayer, how you, how you act in worship service, how you act in an altar call, all those things that seem small and maybe insignificant, those things uh, the pastor does notice and does take notice. I wonder if we could if we could talk about um, Angela. I, I want you to answer this question: What are some okay. obstacles that you overcame uh, in hearing and then now fulfilling your call to ministry? Uh, one of my one of the biggest obstacles that I ever faced was just comparing myself with other people. I just constantly looked at everyone else and said, God, they would do a much better job. They would they sing better, they speak better, they teach better. And God just had to sit me down and say, I've called you for this and you have a unique calling on your life and 
the thing that I've learned is that we need the uniqueness of a creative God to to be used of him in such a way. He's so diverse and he's such a vast creative God that we can pull into those resources. So my biggest obstacle is myself and just being aware of the specific call that God has placed on me and being content with that and uh, to pursue after that vocation that he's beckoned me to. So that that's one of my major obstacles for sure. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, if you compare yourself with someone else or measure yourself with someone else, you're not wise. So I just encourage everyone that I possibly can to to seek the call that God's placed on your life and to just pursue after it and not look to the left or to the right, but just to look look up to him. I think that's a big I think that's a big problem with a lot of people that feel a call to ministry and you know David didn't want the sword and the armor and all and, and to me if I'm going to fight a giant, I mean you put all the armor you can on me and give me the biggest sword you can find. Um, but like he was fine with it. He's like, I'm not a warrior. I'm a shepherd. That's what I do, what I'm good at. And that's what God's going to use. And so, um, you know, I don't know if Brother Bernard's going to call and ask me to speak general conference. I mean, it's in a couple of weeks. So <laughs> he would hurry up. Uh, I have a sermon. If he's, if he's listening to this, I'm ready to go. Um, but you know what? Like I'm fine with the calling that I have. I know what I'm good at. Call me to do. And that is a big, big struggle. Uh, Jacob, what are some of your obstacles? You know, I think for me it was um, I'm kind of a perfectionist. And so, you know, for me it was really one of the obstacles was, was just beating myself up because uh, I didn't feel like I had like I had performed up to the level that you know this minister should perform to whatever that was you know so I had this I had this real great ideal uh, I'd listened to all these preaching tapes and and seen all these great preachers and and I thought man that's how I need to you know I think I need to do this perfectly and you know if if I preach and somebody doesn't get the Holy Ghost or if I preach and and you know that people don't respond and they're not shouting then somehow I personally have not done good enough and so it was really you know and I, I still battle with that but I think God's helping me to see that even though even though things may not work out just exactly the way that we think they should go that God is still working and if we're doing what he wants us to do he's gonna work out the rest and one other thing that I'll just add to what I said earlier is all of the things that I thought were my disadvantage when I was younger have now somehow become my advantage so God's used all of those things that I compared myself with everyone else now he's like kind of turned the tables and and used those things and my weaknesses uh, and given me strength and so I have to give him all glory because I've always been a really nervous person so to even get in front of anyone it's just a huge miracle and a testimony of 
of what God can do in someone's life. So all of those things that were my disadvantage uh, when I was younger have now become my advantage through God. Well, you know, Angela, and that brings up another point too, is that, is that you know, in our weakness, he's made perfect. Right. He, he, he perfects that. So sometimes when we feel like, you know, man, I, I just, we should always have that dependence on God. When we come in to minister, when we come in to pray, or when we come in to preach, whatever that is, we need, we need to have the attitude, you know, God, I cannot do this without you. I don't have the ability I don't have the strength. I, I could not, you know, fill people with the Holy Ghost or, or change anybody's mind or heart. And it shouldn't be me. It should be God. So, I think part of that is God, you know, keeping us, in a sense, helping us recognize our humanity so that we will depend on Him, and say, God, you know, I need you in this moment. I, I need you to help me with whatever you're calling me to do. I really like that that idea of the uniqueness. Just like we talked about at the beginning that this is not a that we are not cookie cutters and that your calling is unique, so is your ministry that you don't have to fall into a certain slot of a certain type of ministry. I think our organization, our movement have they've really um, been open to what we would see non-traditional ministries and I think Jacob said it earlier that you don't have to, ministry is not just standing behind a pulpit and preaching or teaching. I mean, there's a wide variety <laughs> of in ministry, and I think if we can get that mindset that our uh, ministry is unique to us and that uh, instead of me trying to shape and mold and mimic, now I can take good traits of people and good study habits and good uh, prayer lives, I can try to be see people as an example, but I shouldn't try to imitate or mimic anyone. Uh, God has unique calling for each and every one of us. You know, Micah, I, when I first started preaching, you know, I thought I had to be like this, uh, you know, this powerhouse evangelist, uh, you know, with the kind of what I called an evangelist swagger. And you know, I, I I didn't grow up in a preacher's home, and I didn't know, you know, how a preacher was supposed to talk, or you know, what a preacher was supposed to preach like. And and I really, when I first started preaching, I would try to, you know, be that real serious. You know, this message is going to, you know, knock your socks off, and and I and I finally. A guy, one of the guys from Minnesota where I grew up, he said, he said, Jacob, you know, just be yourself. Let God use you for who you are and and, and use your talents. And of course my talents, you know, are a little zany, you know, doing voices and impersonations and you know, and sometimes I use that in my in my preaching and, and I'll tell stories and I'll do funny things sometimes. But it's recognizing that God has called me as an individual with my giftings and my talents, the things the things that I have that nobody else has, right. and it, it does it makes me unique, and and God can use that. Right. A, a very common uh, struggle because um, even even my preaching style is not um, that of a 
you know, camp meeting night speaker. I'm just, I just have a different delivery, a different way to, and I just had to kind of settle within myself that this is what I'm uh, doing. And really what helped me was I had to realize this is the best way that I can communicate the gospel. And once I figured that out, that it may not be what the guy down the street's doing or the guy that's, you know, preaching general conferences, but this is what I feel like is the best way that I can communicate the gospel. And I think when you're trying to find your call, that's what, what you're good at, what you're talented, like God uses that. God gave you these talents and gifts and certain uh, abilities that God's going to use those. Don't try to cut those off and try to, you know, grab a hold of someone else's ability because we can do that we he had her talent or his background or his speaking style or her voice or his education or his, you know her parents were our parents and we can come up with a million excuses of why we can't be used for God but we just have to say this is my calling I'm going to try to do my best to fulfill it amen and that's and that scripture that Jesus said seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you know, it's really about the kingdom. It's really about um, allowing God to use us for who we are and seeking what he wants to do in our lives. You know, I can't follow someone else's calling. I've got to follow my own calling. And, uh, you know, sometimes we, we, get, we get attracted to the numbers game, and I think there is a place for numbers. I mean, the Bible you know, keeps track and record of the the apostles and the things that happen in the book of Acts. So, I mean, just just say, well, I don't care about, you know, I'm not going to keep track of anything I've ever done. Well, that's not really wise. But at the same time, we can't just say, well, because I don't have this type of ministry where this amount of people are being affected or this X, Y, Z, you know, 2 plus 2 equals 4, whatever, whatever that is, uh, there's a danger in looking at those numbers if we're not balanced by saying, you know, I'm doing what God's called me to do, and, and I'm confident in that calling. Something that I read in Mike Murdoch's book, and he puts it this way, and it's just, it's talking about how do you find out what you are meant to do. And he says, if every person in the whole world was paid $10 an hour. So if you were a brain surgeon, you would get paid $10 an hour. If you were a janitor, you would get paid $10 an hour. What would you do? So it's kind of like what we love is a clue to the marvelous gift that's inside of us, the marvelous gift that God has given us. So ask yourselves questions like, who do you admire and why do you admire them? Are you a person that likes to fix problems? Uh, do you like working with your hands? Are you sensitive? Uh, what makes you unique? What gets you excited? So those are questions that you can ask yourself to kind of steer you in the right direction to the kind of ministry uh, and burden and calling that, that you have inside of you that we're usually born with gifts and talents but it's over time, just like God has put gold and silver and diamonds deep within the earth. There are gems inside of us, too, that we don't even know about. But it's over time that we have to, to dig that out of our own lives. And, and we're going to say, wow, 
I didn't even know I could do that. I didn't even know that was in me uh, to do. So I just encourage you just to seek out those things in your life because guaranteed there are things that you don't even know about yourself yet and God's just waiting for that perfect time uh, to, to reveal those things to you. You know, and I think another aspect of that too is that is that sometimes our leaders in our lives, pastors, parents, mentors, sometimes they can spot things in us and and may encourage us in certain areas and we're kind of like, oh, you know, I could I couldn't do that. I could never, you know, I could never be involved in that. But I think if we listen to those people that are around us, those people that are godly influences and even even asking them and saying, "Hey, you know, I feel like God's leading me to ministry, and I'm I'm really seeking His will. Is there something that you see in my life that that you feel like uh, God is doing in me, or or a talent or a gift that I have, and and can you give me some advice on how I could develop that? I think I think that's a great place to uh, to go as well to those people that we uh, that are spiritually watching out for our lives. I think that's a great place to start. You know, I heard someone say when you start looking into ministry, figure out what you do better than most people. And whether that's to sing or speak or encourage somebody, what you do better than just the average person. And those are probably gifts and talents that God has put in you. God has to use each and every one of us to, to fit us t together for the body of Christ. Right. Think about John the Baptist. He's, he's in the wilderness. Well, he's doing a great job in the wilderness. He's got them lined up for miles to get baptized. Well, then you take Paul. He's very educated, um, and he, they send him to Mars Hill to speak to those people. Well, John the Baptist probably wouldn't do very well on Mars Hill, and Paul probably wouldn't do very good in the wilderness. So it's like God knows what he's doing. We just have to allow him to use us in different ways. I don't, I don't think the Mars Hill people would have appreciated the loincloth of wild animal skins. It's true. And the diet of locust and honey. That's uh, that's pretty unique. Yes, it is. Well, even even you think about, you know, you think about evangelists. I mean, evangelists, when they come in, they're high power, they're moving, something's happening. And then and then you've got other people that are maybe in administrative areas where where you know they may not ever run and dance and shout in the aisles but but yet they're behind the scenes and they're putting something together they're they're making things happen uh, and then you've got the caring ministry where where you've got you know I that's probably one place that I wouldn't be real good at you know people that <laughs> just sit and just talk and listen to people for hours and and just love on them and hug them and, and I mean you know I'd, I'd probably uh, I don't know I, I'd be in trouble. I noticed that you don't care I have <laughs> <laughs> well thank thank you for telling me what my spiritual gift is not <laughs> I think we need to cl close it down here, but I want to just say thank you to, to Micah and Angela, and uh, thank you for all those that have joined us tonight for this Bible study, and I, I just hope it's been a blessing to you. Uh, this is going to be aired live. Uh, I'm sorry, it's going to be broadcast on our website, and uh, if you want to go back and listen to all of it, 
you're welcome to do that. MinistryMentorship.com, and uh, I know that's going to be a great resource. Uh, in closing, I wonder, Angela, if you could just lead us in prayer and uh, just pray a blessing on us and, and those that are involved in ministry and, and seeking the Lord for that area. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, God. I pray for everyone, Lord, that feels a call right now who may be listening or who will listen in the future. But, Lord, I pray that there would be an impartation of your spiritual giftings. Lord, I pray that you would reveal, Lord, the, the call and the purpose on people's lives. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help them, Lord, recognize the call in their own life and that they would depend on your vast uniqueness, O oh Lord, and that we would seek your creative power. Lord, I pray that you would anoint us, O oh God. Give us an anointing that breaks yokes, the yokes of bondage and the yokes of addiction, the yokes of insecurities, O oh God, and that you would just allow us to work as you intended us to work. Lord, that we are the body, and I pray that we would work together. Unite us tonight. In Jesus' name, I ask and pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for everybody that tuned in. And uh, if you want more information, you can go to ministrymentorship.com backslash Bible dash study. And that will be available uh, in just the next couple days. So, Micah and Angela, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.